0: Excuse me, what you got there? I'll do some wild birds. What are you going to do with those birds?
1: Uh, um, I'm going to play games with them. Games?
0: What kind of games?
1: Well, um, I'm going to poke them with a the stick and make them fight each other and get them all scared. Yeah, yeah, those are the games I'm going to play with them.
0: What are you going to do after the games?
1: Uh... I'm going to feed him to my cat because he loves wild birds.
0: You know, I'm awful fond of wild birds. I'd like to take those birds off your hand. How much? Five dollars. Five dollars? Alrighty. Ten dollars. Ten dollars?
1: Okay, ten dollars. <laughs> Twenty dollars, and that's my final offer. These are exotic birds. Twenty
0: dollars? You found them in a field. It's an exotic
1: field.
0: (laughs) $20. There you go. That's all I have. Deal. Pleasure doing business with you. There you go. You're free. Free to fly away. Free to be you. the cage yes
1: I've got all mankind in that cage
0: mankind where did you get them
1: the garden but you know what's funny is I didn't put them there they put themselves in there what what
0: are you going to do with them I'm going to play games with them. Games? What, what kind of games?
1: I'm going to play games with them that make them think they're doing all sorts of things pleasurable, but leave them empty. I'm going to make them think that right is wrong, and wrong is right.
0: What are you going to do after the games? Well...
1: Then they'll be eternally damned.
0: You know, my father and I, we're awful fond of mankind.
1: Yeah? What are you trying to say?
0: I'd like to pay the price for them.
1: You want to pay for these humans. You know they're no good. They've turned their back on you before and they'll do it again. (laughs)
0: You're serious. Very serious.
1: Well, you know you'll have to give up everything. I know. Your tears. Yes. Your blood.
0: Yes. Your life. It will be worth it for them. Maybe you're like this. Maybe you feel that you're in a cage and that there's no escape. But the good news is that there is a way to freedom. Christ has paid the penalty for us to be free. Do you want to be trapped inside like the bird or out flying away?
2: All right. Praise the Lord. Aren't you thankful for the the price he paid for us to give us freedom and to give us life? I was walking on a plane. So I was walking on a plane. You know, you, you walk into some planes, there's 737, 747, 757, Boeing's this, that, and the other thing. And you have your private little uh, puddle jumpers, you have big jets, you have small jets, no matter what they are. But, you know, one thing is for sure, you don't have a lot of room. You don't have a lot of space. There's not much room in a plane. And so, you know, when I look at, at our life and I looked at today and where, where God wanted me to bring this message, I was thinking about just the time that I was on that plane as we were flying there and flying back. You know, you sit in, in the seats. And, and I remember going down that walkway. And as I was walking down the walkway, a scripture verse came to my mind in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Where he talks about the narrow path. And he says, you know, and it's amazing because we have a carry-on. I have my backpack. And... uh you know so you're carrying your backpack, but when you round that corner from coming out of that that skyway you, whoever if you've ever flown before, as you get there, you start walking down that path and oftentimes you have to kind of maneuver yourself just to get down the aisle way so that you can get there and you can put your luggage up into the compartment up above without hitting somebody in the head. And so, you know, I you know, so I'm I'm slowly going that way and I thought of this scripture verse and if you would please open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And many of us know what it's like to be in a in a tight place no matter if you're in an elevator or if you're walking down an aisleway or you know, oftentimes even at the Akron Civic Center if you go to a movie theater, it's so narrow. So when you think about this message today and you know, follow the narrow path, you'll understand just how narrow it is is and what the scriptures have to say so at this time kids you can head down go that's all right Logan, go ahead for children's chapel and uh, please be in prayer before I, I move forward here just be in prayer for leslie she's away for for a couple weeks as well there's a family wedding so she's done i believe in atlanta uh, please be in prayer for her and if you all would do me a favor as well um I feel like I just, I came from Kentucky. If y'all would do me a favor, I was down there with the family, you reckon? And, uh, but if y'all would do me a favor and let Leslie Youngs know how much you appreciate her faithfulness. Twelve years she has been our children's chapel minister. She has directed that. Isn't that amazing? Now, let me explain what that means. Twelve years of true faithfulness. She hasn't wavered. So she came to me and she says uh, a month ago, preacher, I think I need to retire. I've been doing it for a lot of years. And I said, you have, Leslie. And uh, and she said, we're thinking about moving and so on and so forth. And that kind of I won't feel so pressured on Saturday. I can come and I go, no, you come to church and you get to worship now. And at the same time, Caitlin was finishing up her A2 ministry there at the chapel that my daughter's been part of for the last three years. And, I mean, it was just amazing how that worked out. And so she's going to be taking on the kids. And so it was nice to have my daughter with us and back home at church and and ministering here. Please be in prayer for her as well because she's at Camp Carl. And uh, right now she's a camp counselor. They called her and go, please come. They've called her like three times. You know, please come back because she loves children. And that's truly her heart and her ministry. But she's learned a lot in the campus ministry. And uh, please continue to be in prayer for her. But I'm just going to pause before we get into this message this morning. And pray for a gentleman who was a part of our church. His name is Bruce Enlick. Who's up uh, up north in the hospital. And uh, is it University of Osborne Cleveland Clinic? Cleveland, Cleveland. Clinic. And, uh, pardon me? Oh, at the Akron General now? Okay. And uh, so let's just pause and pray for him for healing and that God would intercede. And he has uh, something going on. I don't know if they found a mass or a brain tumor. Nobody's contacted me, but we just found out through Facebook and so forth. But we need to uplift him and the family. So let's do that. Father God, we just love you. And Lord, I'm reminded even this morning, you know, just how difficult it is. But I'm also reminded just what you've done uh, through your word. You went to the tomb of Lazarus. And you said, arise, come forth. And he did. And a miracle was taking place. And I remember the little girl and the little boy that one was lame, one was blind. And Father, you went and touched their eyes and you touched their body. And they came up. They rose up. Lord, I believe right now in the name of Jesus that you have healing power. Power. And Lord, I know that, that for some, we know that it's difficult even for the Cosner family as it is for the Ballard family. My heart goes out for Pat and Cindy and the family as Pat lost his mother. And as Pastor T said, that, Lord, that your hand would be with them and that you would comfort them during this difficult time. But Lord, we pray that you would be with Bruce and that you would heal his body, heal his mind, heal his soul. And Lord, just let him know that you're with him and let him see your hand upon his life. And so, Father, we are just so grateful and thankful that you are a God who heals, and we believe. So we pour the blood of Jesus upon him, and in the name of Jesus, we pray for healing. Father, comfort them in this difficult time. Lord, we love you, and we pray that you'll hide me behind the cross as we take the next few minutes to open up your word and to understand it, yet make it relevant for today. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14. As I said, you know, it's difficult sometimes to really embrace, uh, Narrow, things that are narrow, getting in and out of of aisleways. And as you know, as we've turned the sanctuary around, now it's easier. It's more spread out. You can get in and out and it's more accessible. So we understand the word narrow and sometimes it's a tight place and yet very difficult to get through. But here's what the scripture says in verse 13. And and this morning I wanted to bring up the ESV because I thought it was relevant. And yet it kind of correlated with what I wanted to, to share with you this morning. It says in verse 13, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. For the gate, in verse 14 says, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. In the timeless 1940s classic, many of you guys know it, The Wizard of Oz. I used to remember when it would come on TV every year, I just wanted to watch The Wizard of Oz. I mean, you've got to remember, for some of you that might be younger, you may not remember that all we had was that 3, 5, eight, 17, 19, 21, 23, 25, and 43. And then we went to what, forty-five, which was, uh, 45 and 49. And then we were all excited when 61 came about, right? All right, so we couldn't wait for 3, 5, and 8, or whichever one was that played The Wizard of Oz. And so we understand just what it meant. But then a 16-year-old woman by the name of Judy Garland plays Dorothy. She was an innocent, bright-eyed girl who finds herself transported from one world to another world. Reborn, if you like, into a colorful utopian-type metaphor. And expedition commences in the pursuit of, and many of you know this, through the Tin Man, the Lion, and the the Straw Man. Hey, what's Scarecrow, thank you, the Straw Man. I couldn't... Hey, it's hard being me, man. Help me out. Okay, thank you. And you did. And the Scarecrow. But she was in the pursuit of wisdom, compassion, courage, and what I love about this story was ultimately love. Dorothy is advised to follow the yellow brick road, which you see there. In keeping to this narrow path, she is assured she will reach her destination. But along the way, temptations compete for her attention. Varying off the road, she ends up where? In trouble. And we know the story. For there was the wicked witch of the west, and there was the beautiful witch of the east. And in this story, I'll never forget when we're talking about the narrow path, I loved, you know, in the story as it was depicted, and it was so funny because last evening, God had changed my whole message. This is, wasn't even where I was going this morning, so I hope that wherever you get it or if, if whatever you need this morning, this is for you. Uh, because God decided to change things up on me at 11.30 p.m. after being tired. So uh, with that being said, I decided to go to Google, and I thought, I'm going to pull up the Wizard of Oz. I just want to see, you remember when they, they said you need to follow the yellow brick road. And I thought, okay, if I play this video, that's going to be tacky. So you ready for this? I'm going to play it out. <laughs> so there was Dorothy, and she has her red slippers, right? And she taps them. she says, there's no place like home, right? So she starts, and, and it was so funny, because as I was looking at it, and I never realized it as a kid, but these thoughts were coming to my mind, I thought, how neat is it? She starts in the very center, Remember? And she starts to follow it. It's red and yellow, and it goes into a spiral. spiral. So she gets in the center, and she starts to move. And she's like, follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. So she starts to move, and as she starts to circle it out, all of a sudden, a munchkin pops up and goes, follow the yellow brick road. (laughs) So she keeps going. And then another one comes up and goes, follow the yellow brick road. Then another one comes up and goes, Follow the yellow brick road. So she keeps going. And and before long, they're like, follow the yellow brick road. Follow the yellow brick road. Follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road. Did did I do good? All right. (laughs) So I thought that this morning, as I would depict following the yellow brick road, I wanted to correlate that to some of you bikers. I think it's difficult sometimes when, yeah, you're not getting munchkins that are, that are jumping out on the side of the road going, follow the yellow brick road. You know, there, no, nothing like that is taking place. But what we realize is that sometimes our paths are narrow. Sometimes they're wide. When we were uh, there in Kentucky, you know, Becky's from the west side. I'm from the east side. So my family comes from Pikeville and Corbin. Her family comes from Louisville and Corbin. Isn't that interesting? Let me give you another dynamic. She had a Grandma Helen. I had a Grandma Helen. She had a Grandma Emma. I had a Grandma Emma. Isn't that strange? Oh, wait, it gets better. And their birthdays, the Helens had the same birthdays, right? The Emmas had the same birthdays. No, my wife and I are not kin. Don't even go there. Follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> so anyhow, let's, let's, stay, let's stay focused here. But what I love about, you know, the narrow paths, and here we are in Kentucky, and I know for us in the hauler, the roads were bumpy, and you'd have to go down and veer off of the road so that people could get by. And I have to think sometimes as bikers, when you're driving, there are some, some roads that you travel on, it's scary. I mean, some of the roads that you travel, you're unsure because as people start coming towards you, you start getting a little bit uncomfortable because you don't know. I mean, like, get on your own side of the road. And uh, we were traveling, and even in the Louisville area, which is a big city versus Pikeville, where we're from, in Corbin, it's smaller. So the roads, they're there, but they're narrow. So, uh, Julie and I, we were, d- we were doing some things and preparing. This is uh, Becky's cousin. And so we took some stuff over to the storage unit. And uh, on our way back, I looked up. I go, where are you going to go? She's like, Todd, what's wrong? I go, where are you going to go? She goes, go where? I said, that truck's coming. <laughs> she goes, why is he in my lane? I go, I don't know. Vera. She goes, there's nowhere to go. I, and I'm, this is difficult for me because I'm the guy that likes to be in the driver's seat. And I'm over there going... Ah! And I think sometimes when you guys are riding bikes, I know because my parents had a Honda Goldwing. And as a kid, I would get on the back of that with my stepdad. And, you know, it would make me real nervous. And that's why I don't ride bikes. But I have a great respect for so many that that raise money. And, And a lot of the things that you do and just enjoying that special time that you have with the Lord. Just enjoying those special journeys that you have with the Lord. But I realized that even as I was going down the road, you know, the, the the metaphor that was being shown here was, yet, it's narrow. And oftentimes, I think even in our spiritual life, our life is being squeezed. And sometimes there's nowhere for us to go but up. There's nowhere for us to go but up and to look at Christ. I like I the paradox of the movie, however, is no more surreal than in Judy Garland's own personal life. By 47 the darling of Hollywood, would be dead, succumbing to drugs and alcohol. She wandered far from the yellow brick road. And sadly, this talented woman found herself on the road that led to destruction. Many of us know loved ones that have taken the wrong road. So if you would, please turn with me to John chapter 14. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 14. And many of us have taken the wrong road. We've taken the wrong path. But I want you to know that you don't have to worry any longer. And I love that my cousin Johnny, he and I split up the the service on Sunday. Uncle Gary started, he's a minister. Becky's cousin Johnny's associate pastor. And then I, I handled the committal service, our family sang. But, you know, every time I hear this scripture, it just really resonates with me. And I want to read it today because I think that as we read this, I think that it resonates that there's only one way. There's only one truth, and there's only one life to live. And it says there, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you will be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, how do we know whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, and I could just hear him saying it now with just a gentle, soft, yet loving voice. Listen, Thomas, for I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man can come into the Father but by me or through me. When Christ proclaims, few find the narrow path that leads to life. For many are on the broad road that leads to destruction. He points to himself as the road. As being, he is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. A narrow path that resists the temptations of this world. Here it is, our fame, our fortune, fleeting pleasures. To Christ, such worldly things are meaningless. Yet Christ's way is indeed a path that requires self-control and holiness and godly commitment. We lack today a sacrificial commitment that denies oneself. We lack because here's what happens. The sin of our past seems to creep up in our life today and then our future has been changed because we've allowed the sin of our past Our selfishness. And yet we have our unholiness and ungodliness to creep back up. And what we need to realize is that we need to realize that he is the way. He is the only way. The word is the only truth we have. And he is the life. And if you don't know him today, you need to come to know who he is. So I'm going to ask you this. Try navigating this road alone. It's impossible. What what seems a narrow path becomes a myriad of crossroads, alternate beliefs, sinful exploits, legalistic religion, or nominal faith. Without a compass, without a GPS, we quickly become lost. Only Christ's Spirit within us can navigate this life. Let me say that to you again. Only Christ's Spirit within us can navigate this. This life. I love what Isaiah 53 6 says. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. How have you wondered? How have you gone astray? Like sheep, we all wander away, make the wrong choices, and so often find that the grass is not greener on the other side. You see, in The Wizard of Oz, even though she came on each character and she was searching for something, Dorothy does. In the very end, she finds her way. Her journey teaches us or teaches her that wisdom, that compassion, that courage and love are far, are of far greater value than anything this world has to offer. But in our story, the word of God, there's only one way leading to eternal life. You see, the other is destruction. There's only one way that leads to eternal life. There's only one way that leads to peace. There's only one way that leads to hope. And everything else is destruction. Because church, it says in his word, because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So I'm going to ask you this morning, which road will you choose? Where you're at your crossroads, where you're riding. Many of you are riding just like you would on a bike. You ride, and yet you don't realize just where you're riding to. Even in my own spiritual life, we just try to ride through it. And yet Jesus yearns and He desires a deeper relationship with each and every one of us. That is His sincere desire. If He said to Doubting Thomas, well, Wait a minute, i got a question for you. He said, Listen, hold up. I'm the way and I'm the truth, and yet I'm the life. And many of in this room have lost their way. Many of you have turned to the world to fill the void, and yet the only one that will ever fill the void in your life is Jesus Christ. And we have to call upon Him. We have to cry on Him. And even though the crossroads of life and the hurt and the pain and the difficulty... You know, isn't it amazing that every time there's a funeral, there's a weird, strange dynamic to it between family. Weird things start coming out in people's lives. And you have to stop and say, wait a minute, time out. Even though we're at this crossroads and it's difficult right now, can we all just like keep things into perspective here? We're believers. We want people to see Jesus Christ in our life. And that's when we start to lose our way. And yet, in our walk in life, we need to remember that Jesus Christ is the only way. And even though Satan is always there and he wants to to trip you up, he wants to wreck up your life, know this, that he still loves you and he cares for you. So I ask you, which road will you choose? So let's make this relevant and practical this morning. Many ride bikes and they travel all over the country. You've been on your bike and you've, you've seen crossroads. There's been all kinds of crossroads that you've encountered. So which road will you choose? For many, you've been where it's been a rocky, bumpy. The potholes are there. It's kind of scary. I've got to tell you, my mom, her and my stepdad were on their bike and a raccoon came out and they wrecked their Honda Goldwing and if you've never seen my stepdad let me tell you he's not a tiny little man so you don't know what journey you're going to go on it almost reminds me and as as I always correlate that uh, even in our journey in our spiritual life we never know what's going to happen you're living day to day but Satan knows what's going on in your life and what you need to do is you need to really yield to that and to surrender to that You see, it's very, very similar to the story of Christ. His way is much smoother and the road travel becomes much smoother. For he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. So I, this morning I want to invite you, and I would like to invite you to come and choose the road that is much smooth, smoother. At every funeral service, and listen up, at every funeral service you always hear the salvation story. And you should hear the gospel story. But I had the funeral director, she walked up to me and she goes, "Um, can I talk to you just for a minute? She goes, do you ever find it a little bit awkward when no one has a minister at the funeral service? She said, my husband and I, this is our business, we've been doing this for years. And she says, I know there's a God. God. She said, so I carry around this little tiny book and it has all this scripture. And she says, I'll walk up to the family because I'll, I'll notice like when, when we're sitting down with them, who's the minister? Who's going to be offering words of comfort and encouragement? They'll look at me and go, nobody? Well, I would be happy to. Would you like me to read some scripture? You can read scripture, but you're not praying. I'm mad. She said, is that difficult for you as a pastor? I go, well... One thing that I've learned in my life that once you come to a place where you ask a pastor, I'm going to give the, the gospel message. They, they started that music right in time, didn't they? <laughs> One thing for certain is that it's just this. We have to realize that when it comes to, to, to crying out to God, those people need Jesus at a time of loss. That's the only comfort we have. That's it. That's the only message we have. If you don't know Jesus Christ, then everything else is just empty. And so I looked at her and I said, you know what I love about just being a child of God? You know what I love about just being a Christian? Putting a pastor aside, I love that I have him. She goes, thanks for sharing that. I go, no, I'm serious. I love that I have him. Because I'll look at some people sometimes and say, you know what? I know it's difficult for you, but more than anything, I'm glad that I have him in my life. So let me ask you a question this morning. Have you lost your way? Have you turned to the old way? Have you turned back and said, you know what, I like, I like my old life. I like the drinking and the partying and, and I like the rough house. I like, I just I love my life like it used to be. You see, because even at that funeral service. Even speaking with the lady yesterday, she goes, don't you just love John 3.16? I said, yeah, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Because God loves us. Why do we have blessing of the bikers? Why are we doing that here? Many of you are asking a question. One, because I I think it's important to know that there's a hedge of protection around the men and women that are out there traveling. You guys know this is Founders Week? And there's thousands. Pastor Luke went this morning and he he watched the parade. He goes, it was nine minutes long. Amazing as bike after bike after bike after bike passed by. He said there wasn't enough of us pastors that were around praying over the men and women as they were traveling. The couples that were traveling... Let's not forget the importance of giving that gospel message. For God so loved them. I love that I'm part of a church that embraces everybody everywhere. And we are there to let them see Jesus Christ in our life. Amen? Because our message from this church is new hope. And new hope means that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man, no woman, no child, no one will come into the Father but through Him. And so this morning, I want you to know this. I want you to follow the right road. And I invite you. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've been going through. But God commended His love toward you. And while you were still a sinner, He loved you and He died for you. Will you accept Him today? Maybe you've been messing around. Listen closely. This is it. This is all that matters. Because I'm, I'm going back to John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. He's already preparing that place for you. Will you accept Him today? Turn from your wicked ways. He will hear from heaven and He will heal your land. We have failed to submit to God stop playing church stop being religious man that's what we're doing today you know what I love that God's dirt is here they came all the way from southern Ohio and I think a couple of them from Kentucky across the border there they drove here to bless us It may not be your culture, it may not be your music, but you know what? They need you to support them and encourage because we're here to do what? To exemplify the cross of Christ and let people see Jesus Christ. And they need people to know that they're there praying for them as this is their life, this is their background, and this is what we do as a community of believers to bless their life. Amen. So this morning, where have you been? What have you been going through? We're going to sing an old medley. It's called Just As I Am, but come just as you are. I want you to come just as you are. I want to be just who God created you to be. But I want you to do this. More than anything, I know this journey's been difficult and maybe just like Dorothy, it seemed like for some it's spiraling out of control or is the path getting brighter, broader and wider where you could say, yes, my journey serving God is so much better. Maybe you've forgotten in that journey, in that crossroads, just how difficult it is. But this morning, I want you to come and I want you to just give it back to God. Quit playing church. Quit being that guy who just, you know, people have that expectation of you. Quit being a hypocrite. If you say you're a Christian, then live your life like one. Don't leave it up to the pastor. Don't leave it up to the church. No, you live your life that is telling others that he is the way, the truth and the life. I love God. And it doesn't matter if I'm here, if I'm in Chicago, on Michigan Avenue, if in Ponsonlet, south of Daytona Beach, or Louisville, Kentucky, the message of Jesus Christ is still going to be communicated in my daily life. Because I love Him. And I want people to see that in your life. So just embrace it this morning. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. And let's turn our hearts back to Him. Let's cry out to Him. Revival can only start with you. And today, when there are people that are here, I don't know when we get out there. I don't care if there's one bike, if there's 12 bikes, if there's 50 bikes, if there's 100 today. It doesn't matter. What I know matters more than anything is that we can exhibit the love of Christ. And you know what I love about those men that are out there? These are men that came from a background that wasn't maybe like some that are in this room and some that are like in this room. But they came to bless us in song. Lunch will be provided today. We want you to be a part of the lunch. Hot dogs and chips. Some sides. But just hang out. Be a blessing to other people. And maybe walk over to somebody. If the Lord lays it on your heart, pray for them. Pray for their safety. Let them see Jesus Christ in you. Father, we love you. We thank you for your son. Who came and who died. And Lord, there's been many in this room that have played church that, that don't take it serious. Not just here at New Hope, but churches across America. And God, we just, we just cry out to you, Lord. We just surrender our will. We surrender our wants. We surrender our needs. And God, today, we, just, we, we turn it over to you. We give it to you. We woke up this morning and said, it's all about me, not about anybody else. And Lord, today, may you just open up the eyes of our mind, the eyes of our heart. And Lord, if there's somebody in this room that needs you as Lord and Savior, would they come and accept you as Lord and Savior? Just as the skit showed, that you went to the cross to free us from the sinful state that we were in. From the bondage of a cage to freedom and victory in you. Lord, we love you and we worship you this morning. Lord, thank you for your son Jesus who died for us to give us life. For Father, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And you are to be honored. In your holy name we pray. Amen.